Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Next Generation Partnering, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. I always say it and I always mean it because this is where the best run. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and let me tell you what our show is about today. I have a quote from George Westerman at the MIT Sloan Initiative on the Digital Economy quoted in medium.com. Here we go. When digital transformation is done right, it's like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. How beautiful. But when done wrong, all you have is a really fast caterpillar. I think that's controversial. I know it's provocative and that's going to be our topic today. So let me tell you a little more. Digital transformation in business has become a fundamental cornerstone. Why? To help you satisfy your customers' escalating expectations, especially now with the pandemic changing Consumers, customers, B2B, B2C, everything. Help you adapt to COVID-19 pandemic-driven, I put that word together, workforce and workplace changes. Come on, the world is mostly working remote now. It's changed teams, it's changed projects, it's changed leadership and management. And maybe the core here, to help you provide competitive differentiation. You still have to stand out from the crowd. Generations, and we know who they are, who grew up with digital technologies, they cut their teeth on tech. They expect companies they work with and companies they interact with to keep pace with these digital innovations, yes. So let's look at your business, our global listeners around the world. How do you leverage digital transformation to improve your business? That's what you wanna do, just keep improving, survive and thrive. Are you a pace setter or are you a follower? Could be also a laggard. When should you embark on transformation projects? When is the time right with so much going on in the world? How can you ensure your change management projects are successful? And one more question. How can you seize the opportunity to also drive what we like to call the greater good? That's a big concept. I have three ladies, three smart people, three experts on the panel today. We're going to be asking these questions to SAP's Kathy Dom. Welcome to Kathy. Agilita Sandra Vola. I've been rehearsing her name, Vola. I think I've got it right. And I think this is Islet's Janina Luoto. I'm going to ask them for their take on our topic today, driving technological change, cornerstone of business success. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get this party started. Kathy Dom, we're so happy to have you here. Kathy, welcome. And would you please tell our audience who you are, what you do, what brought you to this place in your career, and what's your passion for our topic? Welcome, Kathy. Yes, hello. Thank you, Bonnie. So um, I'm 35 years now in the software industry, and I've worked across Europe. Um, I'm now working in a global role at SAP. And really, my experience of working with companies, working with partners, has taught me a number of things. And one of the things it's taught me is that those that really embrace technology get ahead of market trends. Not followers, but those that get ahead of the trends are the ones that really grow and survive and thrive. And this topic we have today, transformation, is all about that. How do you thrive in today's economy. And getting ahead of the trend is one of the most important things. 
Thank you, Kathy. I, I know you're very passionate about this. And, and Kathy, let's just level set here a little before I introduce the two other guests. Kathy, companies that took digital transformation seriously a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, they are ahead of the curve. They had more opportunities to survive, pivot, be nimble, be agile, and survive when businesses shut down in the beginning of the pandemic. Is that true? Absolutely, absolutely. But it's never too late, Bonnie. I don't think businesses should hesitate. It's never too late to embark on a digital transformation journey. But clearly, those that had already put in place the right automation, the right tools, were able to really sail through the, the, the lockdowns in much better shape than other companies. I was looking for the optimism. I didn't want to leave our listeners thinking, oh, well, too late. Goodbye. Thank you, Kathy. Now let's go to Sandra Fola. Sandra, please introduce yourself. We're ready to find out who you are and what's your passion for the topic. Sandra, welcome. Hi, Bonnie, and thank you for having me here. Um, my name is Sandra Fuller. I'm the CEO and founder of Agilita. I uh, studied 30 years ago uh, economics and informatics. So um, with my master thesis, I started with ERP and it's all about ERP with me. And if you talk about business transformation or digital transformation, if you implement ERP, you're always in this. It's always the change of a company. You start with something that is 20 years old and you have to go to a place that is a new place. So this is my whole business life. My, uh, I started in sales as a project manager, business unit manager, and 18 years ago, I founded the company Agilita, and therefore, it's always the, the theme and every day my theme to do a discussion with a customer about what they want to do next in the next five or 10 years, and how can we help them with our new uh, technology. And as, a, as there is a cloud opportunity, I'm in this for now more than eight years, and I'm a truly believer that this will be the way and the only way to get there. Thank you, Sandra. I, I love the passion as well. Very, very interesting. Um, you've been in the, your business, and I, I like the way you pronounce the business name. I'm not, I'm not in Europe, and, and I'm learning all kinds of pronunciations of words and names here today, and my panelists are teaching me, so thank you. Be patient with me. And Janina Luato, welcome to you. Janina is our third panelist. Janina, please do the same. Introduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie, and thanks also for the opportunity to join this uh, Changing the Game with Next Generation Partnering podcast. So uh, my name is Janina Luoto. I'm the CEO and owner of the Finnish technology company called Islet Group. Uh, in, in early 2020, I was a finalist in Nordic Tom uh, Women in Tech Awards in a Digital Leader of the Year category, and I'm also a member of the board in Software and eBusiness Association, which represents over 600 software-driven companies in Finland. Um, sustainability, dev sustainable development, and and also growth entrepreneurship are my passions, and I'm I'm very active in these areas in different steering groups. Uh, earlier in my career, I worked uh, in on three different continents around the world in telecommunication, aerospace, and tech industries in several positions. And in uh, in those positions, I've seen a lot of this uh, transformation. Uh, I've been doing the change, but also helping companies to do the change. 
Um, also, uh, what comes to the to islet, uh, we have been growing uh, very sustainably and responsibly for four times bigger in past four years, and we have transformed our own business as well to cloud-first world. And and we have very strong sense of culture and profound drive to deliver tech for good, which I believe actually is is uh, very much what this discussion is about. Thank you, Janina. I have to ask you, first of all, I'm going to spell the name of your company. And Janina is branded in her background. We're here on Zoom. I can see my panelists. I can watch them think in her company. Islet is spelled I-S-L-E-T, the Islet Group. Yep. I'm going yep. to ask you, and, and I'm going to ask Sandra next, but how did you name your company? What does Islet represent for you, Janina? Just curious. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a good question, actually. <laughs> <laughs> my, my last name is Luotha, which is a small island in Finnish and kind of islet comes from that but I was not uh, kind of uh, creative enough to come up with that it was actually one of our our team members who came up with it so <laughs> I love it thank you and and here in in English speaking islet is also spelled e-y-e-l-e-t and islet is a form of of lace something you would put on a, a dress or a, a pillow so I was curious i-s-l-e-t that's that's lovely thank you Sandra, I think I mispronounced your company name, and I am so sorry. Please, let's spell it, and I see it, I see it behind you on your wall or on your virtual background yeah. there. Sandra, tell us, what is the derivation of the name, and, and how do you spell it? And how do you say it? Go ahead, Sandra. <laughs> yeah, it's in the German. It's a hard C, so it's Agilita. Um, and um, I didn't want to have three, three just three um, uh, like SAP, so that someone has to do some interpretation. So I wanted to, a name that is stands for something, and it's easy because um, we have to be agile. But this was now 15 years ago; no one um, talked about agile. But nowadays, it's everywhere, and uh, we thought we have to be agile because we do software for mid-sized companies, and that was the reason why. So it has to be. And the second one was it's a marketing point. If you're an SAP partner, you're one of 60 out of 60 and if you go to a place they always listed the alphabet and if you want to be one of the first three you have to be in front so if there is one tip i can give this is one for free because um it worked out perfectly and um yeah there will be a lot of anecdotes about that i could tell stories about that but that's really one one important thing And, and it's italian and I love Italy. I'm a, a lover of Ital- Italian food and Italy, and it's Italian. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, very, very interesting. I'll tell you, I learned that lesson. I'm, I'm a former mainframe programmer back in the day. Kathy, somebody accused me a couple of, about a year ago, of being an early woman in tech. And we'll just leave that one alone. I didn't know I was an early woman in anything, but early woman in tech back in the 19, mainframe programming, COBOL, the whole thing. Keep punching cards, the works. And uh, what I was going to, I completely lost my train of thought while I was, well, was going to tell you that. I will, I will remember my train of thought in a second. Let's go to the quotes and give me a reprieve here. I'll come back to that. So uh, let's go to Kathy. Kathy Dom has sent us a quote. This is the part of the show where I've asked my guests to please send me a movie or a song quote, something that will get us to really sit up and pay attention in addition to this fascinating topic about digital transformation. And Kathy has sent us a quote stated in the movie Gravity a 2013 science fiction thriller film by the character Matt Kowalski, played by the wonderful, still very, very compellingly handsome 
George Clooney. And the story was the space shuttle explorer commanded by veteran astronaut Matt, Matt Kowalski is in Earth orbit to service the Hubble Space Telescope, the HST. And Sandra Bullock plays Dr. Ryan Stone. Ryan is a girl's name in the movie. Aboard her first space mission and her job is to perform hardware upgrades on the Hubble. There's a, a woman in tech right there. So let's go to the quote and, and Kathy will explain how she picked it and what it has to do with our topic. The quote is, just point it at Earth and fly forward. It's not rocket science. Kathy, I've never heard the quote. I haven't seen the movie, but I want to see it now. So, Kathy, tell us, what are we talking about here? Yeah, so I chose the quote. First of all, I just love the dry humor behind it. Um, But I think for me, this is a quote that demonstrates that actually sometimes just embarking on the journey and going for it, it's not as difficult as it might have seemed. Some things seem daunting when you embark on the journey. And to our topic here of digital transformation, to many companies, that can seem quite daunting. But actually, it isn't rocket science. So long as you follow the right methodologies, so long as you've got the right thinking, the right resources, and so on. So planning is is all. And, you know, this quote for me embodied that just try, you know, you've got to try and give it a go. It's not rocket science. Very interesting quote. Thank you. And I guess the joke was that they're in a they're in a spaceship. They're they're doing rocket science, and that was very very interesting. Thank you, Kathy. Love the movie quote. Appreciate it. Let's go down to Sandra Fowler. Sandra has sent us a quote from. Here's another uh, military person. The quote is from U.S. Naval Aviator Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell, played by another icon in the movies. Tom Cruise in the movie was Top Gun, 1986 action, American action drama film. And let's see, here's the quote. I love the quote, Sandra. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. I feel the need, the need for speed. Sandra Fowler, talk to me. What does this all mean to our topic today? Uh, thank you. If I want to tie it up with our theme, it's um, first of all, I think I'm an 80s girl. So I don't know what happens to you. If I hear this, I'm just in the film again. And it was a great sound in the film and the speed. And it was a good time there. They, they moved really fast. But for us, I think it's all the time most important that we move fast. It's not time to wait because you have a long time of a learning curve. It's not that because um, you, you can't adapt very fast. So um, you have to start, like, like Kathy was saying, we have to start and start fast because we have to wait a while uh, because all the humans are learning not that fast. So start fast and then move on. Yeah. Thank you. A lot of so motivation. Feeling. Yes. And, and Sandra, is there an urgency now for companies that didn't? I was asking Kathy about this. Is it urgent now yeah. if a company didn't do it and they need to play catch up and they're still in business, still surviving, still have the, the people, still have the skills, the, the mindset, still have the money to move forward? Is it too late, Sandra? No, it's, it's not too late, but I think it's, it's, it's time to move because um, uh, if you put all your people together to move, um, you have to go to this journey and, and um, there are a lot of people already far ahead. Uh, they tried a lot, they learned a lot and they did new businesses, new processes, new technologies. And um, if you're not ready to use them, I think you're not on the market. And that's even for, our, for, for the customers, but it's also for us as, as partners of SAP, 
Um, we had uh, one guy who was telling us disruption is not only with your customers, it's also with your partners. So it's, it's always the thing of the consultant that they think it's always happening outside of them at the customer's place, but not inside of your own company. And this could happen also to partners. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And we have one more quote coming, and this is a really interesting one. Janina is smiling, and we had a long discussion before we started putting the show together about the quote. It's from Lady Gaga. Full name, full disclosure. Stephanie, Stephanie without an E on the end. I think that's a European way of spelling it. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata. Very young woman, born in 1986. Oh, my. Professionally known as Lady Gaga. An American, listen to this, singer, songwriter, record producer, actress, and businesswoman known for her consistent image reinventions, if only, and versatility in music and entertainment. She's sung it all, done everything. She's been in movies. I, she sang a duet set with Tony Bennett. She's, she's quite something. And this is from the song Born This Way. Okay. This was the lead single from her second studio album of the same name. And she sung it in various places and, and presentations. Very famous. So I'm going to read two lines from the song and Janina will tell us what it all means. The line I'm adding is my mama told me when I was young and here's the quote, we are all born superstars. Janine, I get chills when I read that quote. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, it's wonderful. So tell me, how, what in the world does this have to do with our topic today? Well, first of all, I really love Lady Gaga because I really, I mean, I love her songs. I love her style, but mostly because she has been always ahead of her time and she has been always showing the wave and paving the way for the others. So that's, that's one part of it. Uh, but also how it uh, how it reflects to what we uh, are today talking about is that I believe that we all as individuals have to make the difference. And no matter who we are and where we're born, we're born this way. But there's uh, something that and this is something that we should not change. But what it comes to the change, changing the world with our own ve- very own actions. And, and, and I think that we all can contribute to. And whether you're a citizen to contribute in your smarter and more sustainable city or, or you're a business owner or executive transforming your company to future-proof, sustainable, profitable business, after all, we just should look at the mirror, tell ourselves, let's do this like Lady Gaga is doing. So that's, that's how I wrap it up. That's a real pep talk in one line, right? That's yep. <laughs> <laughs> we we can tell that to our children. We can tell that to our our neighbors, our friends, yep. and and people who say, "Well, what have I done in my life?" We're all born superstars. You can do something, and it's not too late. Thank you to my panelists for a very very well chosen quotes. We really appreciate that. Now is the time we're going to get down to real serious business here in the roundtable portion of the show. Kathy Dom, I think we've already covered statement number. One, I'm going to go to statement number two, which intrigues me. Here's what Kathy told me before the show. Everybody listen up. Kathy will talk for a couple minutes about this, and then we'll go around the table. I will ask Sandra, agree or disagree, and she can go either way. And then we will ask Janina to agree or disagree with Kathy and or with Sandra. So you get a lot to talk about, Janina. So here's what Kathy said. Recent generations have been born with high tech in their pockets and all around them. They expect companies to interact with them digitally. Kathy, reality check. Talk to me. Very interesting statement. Go ahead. Well, already today, half of our workforce is either millennials or Generation Z. So, in other words, born after 1980. And in the next five years, you know, it's predicted that about 75% of our workforce will be either millennial or Generation Z. 
So what do they expect? They expect a very different experience to those from previous generations. They expect work tools to be intuitive and easy to use. They expect mobile to be able home. They expect cloud and cloud because it affords access to real-time data 24 by 7. They expect ease of use, intuitive interfaces, collaborative multimedia tools. Look how important that has been during the uh, pandemic. And of course, personalized information and experiences. And for many digital natives, these are must-haves, not nice-to-haves from prospective employers. So companies that cannot cater to these needs just won't retain or even attract in the first place the the generations or the individuals from these generations that they want to. So for me, it's paramount that companies keep pace with the expectations of these generations and put in place the right technologies in the workplace that mirror the kind of technologies these generations, and we all now, frankly, are used to using at home. Thank you, Kathy. Very astute comment. Uh, I think we remember a couple of years ago when companies started allowing people, workers, to bring your own device to work. You remember that? wasn't bring your own beer or your own wine. It was bring your own phone. And I think Ford Motors in the U.S. was one of the first companies, I'm trying to remember doing research on this years ago, that allowed, and the question was, are you when, when somebody brings their own device and they're using work email on their personal device, are you letting any company secrets or proprietary information out the door? The barn door is open. Where is it going? The horse is gone. How do you regulate it? How do you control it? And now we as consumers in a digital world expect companies to treat us the way we do in our personal choices. I'm saying too much here. Sandra, agree or disagree? I'd love to hear that one with <laughs> Kathy. Go ahead, Sandra. I think that's a, a huge point, but I see I see in the in the business area that everyone is expecting this usage of uh, you have your iPhone, you have your um, software for 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 music or for photos, and um, there's a huge gap to the ERP business uh, because there nobody accepts that it's the same expectation to a software than they have it this generation for their normal private usage. It's normally it's in the e-commerce and it's, it's in, in the private iPhone, but it's not in the ERP. And I think that's a much huger gap that we have to close there. Um, and I think it's really not, it's about attracting the people, but it's about getting the, the companies moved to accept that this expectation is also in the ERP business. Thank you. Let's go to Janina. Janina, join us. Agree or disagree with either or both. We got interesting comments on the table. Janina. Yeah, I totally agree. And and I would also want to expand a bit. Uh, I've seen the similar pattern than, than Sandra was just describing because we are also in the same business. Um, however, um, Actually, um, this brings also challenges from that end that customers uh, and, and companies today, they, they just need to cope with the, with the older generations and the new generations at the same time. So they have kind of a stretch from the both ends. And, and that also brings to the table uh, certain, certain uh, things that are kind of... Um, uh, hard to cope with, but but what I wanted to make here about the next generations uh, point is that that uh, 
we, um, these current and coming new generations will live in totally different kind of world. And it's, it's not just that they have high tech in their pockets. I think it's a lot more about wearing high tech, living and breathing the high tech, interacting without touching or even saying anything. <laughs> so living in partly or even fully in, in virtual worlds and, and creating lifetime friendships over those virtual spaces, which is like for us still a, a bit kind of like a new new thinking. And, and human interaction in general, I mean, I think it's going to change over time. And my generation and older generations still value uh, human contact. Uh, uh, with other people through, uh, but but I I believe that uh, I'm often often thinking that is it just because we're so used to used to having that contact in person, and and uh, I believe that in this way technology will change how we are and how we interact as humankind, and this is definitely sets a new type of challenges for companies to motivate and offer possibilities to work in new ways for this new generation uh, representatives. I would say. Thank you very much. I think your video just froze a little bit, Janina, but we can still hear you just fine in your, your screen. There you are. She's back. Yes, I think your audio is off, Janina. Where let me I'm looking at you here. I'm, no, you're right. There we go. You're back. Hey. Hey, talk about living the digital high-tech world. Here we are doing the best we can. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine Zoom was just doing their own thing, rolling along, and Microsoft Teams and Skype just rolling along, and people used it when they wanted to. And yeah, then, or if you could with your with your uh, like uh, what just by moving your your eyes to kind of tell the Zoom to mute and <laughs> unmute. And, and here we are now, and we have something called a pandemic, and people working from home. And we had to figure out how to connect with each other. And and now everybody's using this. Janina, go ahead. We can't hear you, but talk. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Yeah. So did you hear what I just said previously or was it coming through? Well, say it again, just in case. No, just what I was saying that what if we could just uh, kind of uh, with our eyes move yes. Zoom like to unmute or mute. So it, it would be a, Wouldn't a great be a beautiful see somebody's yep. going to go and do that they're listening they're listening janina around the world the developers are listening and saying janina luato said we need to make zoom be eye connected and and uh, iridology we need to put that into work thank you or even further manage the whole production line with moving your eyes <laughs> wow it probably is coming Sandra, I'm picking a statement. Kathy, you good with the way we discussed that statement? I think we did really well around the table. Janina has something to say. Go ahead, Janina. No, that was all. Thank you. She was raising her hand. Okay. Hi. Okay. Sandra, you're up next. Sandra, I'm looking at your statement number two. I happen to think this is a really great place to go because we need to talk about leadership here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Sandra says the following, the CEO has to be the first person who truly believes in change and is enthusiastic about it every day. Only then will people follow. I'm going to stop there, Sandra. A lot of good stuff in this comment. Why don't you expand it for me, please? Or as I say on the news, unpack it, please. And then we will ask Janina and then Kathy to comment, agree or disagree. Sandra, you're up. Yes, thanks. Um, I think that that is what I most discuss with everybody. Uh, because if you do this digital transformation, I can give some examples. If you do it in your company like social media and you tell your marketing they have to do and you tell your youngsters they have to do and you do it, don't, you don't do it on your own. It's always like, okay, it's a marketing stuff. If you have a young group for cloud ERP and they are the young ones and the, the 
the small ones, they are doing cloud ERP and the big guys, they are doing the, the real stuff. They are, we always be laughed at. So you have to be the one that is the believer and shows it every day that it's important. So you have to have to do your, the deep dive on your own and have to be part of it so that it's accepted and it, that everyone sees that it's important and it's not somewhere in the somewhere. Some, it's, it's, an, it's a part of the CEO and it's a part of living it together. I think that's one of the most important parts. If you don't do it, it's not believed by your people. Interesting. So we're talking about leadership and company culture, right, Sandra? Of, yeah. Of leadership from the top. So let me ask you a question before we go around. And, and Janina, I'm going to ask you on mute in a second because I'm going to talk to you next. Uh, Sandra, if, if, what if there's a groundswell? And, and Kathy, you'll be asked the same thing around the table. What if there's a groundswell from the bottom up and people say, wait a minute, we, we feel we need more strength on our digital transformation. We need more high tech. We need to do things better. And what if it comes from middle management and the CEO and the C-suite are saying, well, I don't know. Do we have the funds? It would be too much change management. What happens then? Could it still be effective? Sandra, let me address this to you and then we'll go around the table just briefly. Sandra, what do you think? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't think so because it 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 won't be accepted and it won't be part of the game. And it's always important to be one of the big themes. And it's not not good if if there's someone who is making the big money and the big projects and the important things, and the other ones are trying to do the new stuff. But let them play. So if you don't do it in a serious way and take it serious, it won't get successful. Interesting. Kathy, why don't you respond to that one as well? What do you think? Does it have to come from the top to be well accepted? There's a great book by John Cotter and Holger Rathberger called Our Iceberg is Melting. And it's about a colony of penguins. And one of the penguins discovers that the iceberg is melting and nobody will believe him. And over time, he builds the support, he builds a coalition, he builds the vision for the entire colony, including for the leader, to say, we have to move because otherwise our home is going to disappear. And it's a great book about change management. But to Sandra's point, it absolutely says, yes, the leader has to be on board at some point, but they don't necessarily need to be the one that starts the change management process or identifies the need for change. It can come from middle management or from the grassroots. But ultimately, for it to succeed, I absolutely believe, like she does, that the CEO has to be there leading from the front, leading that vision and making sure that the company is coming with them. Yes. Thank you. Janina, she disappears, she comes and goes. There you are. We have your audio. Janina, chime in, please. Agree or disagree? Does it have to come Uh, from the CEO? Go ahead, Janina. Yeah, so I totally uh, agree, but I I believe also that it has to be done together. So, so uh, still today, it's usually the management team uh, as a total who needs to lead the change. I believe also that it's part of the organizational culture. So uh, it's not about just leading the change and being the role model, but it's rather uh, kind of unleashing others in the organization to do the change and support with decisions and 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 in many ways others to actually uh, change change the way we do things and change to change to get new ideas and and innovate and 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 and, and such. Um, I think leading by example, uh, I believe it uh, very strongly, and 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 um, I think that. Um, 
uh, leaders will make it possible the change it doesn't need need to to mean that actually it starts from from the leader but but uh, they make it possible still thank you very much sandra anything you want to say back to your co-panelists about this an interesting topic and thank you for that sandra go ahead yeah i think i'm i'm too it's a team that can move it you need to get the other ones in the boat that's true but I I just uh, saw it on different places where when we start and and we I was asked to to talk to other partners how to move it's always about are they in or are they not in is it just a nice hobby of anybody to move to the cloud or is it really the the future of the company and if it's the belief future you have to go to yeah thank you very much I'm going to go to Janina, next. Janina, I'm looking at statement number three. I think this is where I was going when I made my comment to Kathy about me being accused of being an early woman in tech. I can't remember exactly what was on my mind, Kathy, but I think that's where I was going. Janina says the following, we should empower women to join the tech industry. Very, very interesting topic. We continuously miss a huge potential due to generation, oh, it's gender inequality in the industry. Individuals, organizations, and societies should collaborate to encourage women to join tech, and there are still stereotypes. I'm going to stop there and see what you have to say. Why don't you expand this for me, please, Janina, and then we will get Sandra and Kathy to see what they think. So, Janina, you're up. Thank you. Well, this is a very concerning topic for me. Uh, I'll use uh, Finland as an example because I, I live here. Uh, we ha- we are very high on many global rankings, like uh, with our educational system, we are pursued as a country with equal opportunities for women and men, and still only uh, 20%, 22% of the employed employees in the in the tech companies are women. So only about one out of every five employees, and I think that's really worrying. Uh, the figures are even worse if we look at the the purely at programmers. There are only one out of uh, ten. Uh, is a woman. So so there is a lot of buzz and movement around this topic in Finland in the past years, but the change is really slow. And, uh, I, and I, I think that uh, if we look at the statistics uh, in the past two years, uh, the proportion of women in, in the Finnish tech industry ha- has increased only 0.2%. So this is both uh, a diversity and inclusion uh, issue simultaneously. And we miss out a huge potential uh, now and in the future if we continue like this. Um, I'm not even, um, and, and this, by saying this, I'm not even talking about developing countries where women in general uh, have a lot less uh, chances to actually proceed um, to carry their wish and access to internet and, and modern digital tools. It has been predicted that actually 90% of the future's jobs will require highly developed digital skills. And still women and girls have less opportunities, for example, to use internet and, and, and technology than men. So, so uh, if we think of these requirements of the future jobs, this is certainly going to affect the chances of women uh, compared to men in very, very uh, long term. So, so this is what I wanted to say. Thank you. Very interesting. I know here in the U.S. we have something called STEM education, which is trying to get more involved women involved in science and math and tech. And and I just found computers fascinating. I have a degree, bachelor's degree in psychology, and I found myself three thousand miles away from my family 
with two children uh, facing a divorce that I, I initiated and I needed something to do. I needed to earn a living. And funny story, my parents sent me a bunch of brochures and they said, pick something. And one was an x-ray technician and one was something where I could go and get an additional education quickly and start earning a living for my kids. And one of them was computer programmer. And I made a couple calls and found out there was a community college. I didn't have a car. I was a young, young woman, late 20s, divorced, about to be divorced. And I was using public transportation. There was a community college, two bus transfers away. And I found a babysitter for my kids. My little one wasn't in school yet. And I called up the college and I said, I want to take a class in computer programming. And they said, well, here's the deal. Show up and either sit in the back of the room or stand there for two weeks. And I said, why? And they said, because the class is packed. There are no seats available, but we guarantee within two weeks, more than 50% of the people will figure out it's not right for them and they will drop out. And I went for two weeks to the class. And after two weeks, 50% of the people canceled their enrollment in the class. And what we were left with was a core of people who had come from different professions. I had a degree in psychology. We had somebody who, who had gone to architecture school and decided they, we had somebody who had dropped out of medical school, somebody who was halfway through law school. And we were all fascinated with something called computer technology. I don't think we knew what it was. And we went through a two-year class and we bonded. And by the way, I, more than half of my class was women. I thought that was, now I'm not going to tell you the year because I don't want to give that away, but it was, we were early women in tech and we loved, they hired me right out of school to run a whole statewide system for the college right out of school. And that was my first job. So anyway, I just found that fascinating. Kathy, love to hear from you and talk about women in tech, where you come from, where you are, what's your view of the world and talk about what Janina's statement was. Kathy, go ahead. So I agree with Janina. It is one area of concern and I think all all around the world, the technology industry is not the most advanced in terms of the percentage of women um, in, in business. And that's a real shame. What I'm hoping, we talked about younger generations, we talked about how tech savvy and digital native they are. I'm hoping that because technology has now become pervasive in every walk of our life, that it, it sort of demystifies some of the boundaries that are there for women to feel comfortable in the technology world. And um, I also hope that podcasts like this with, you know, CEOs of our partners who are both formidable women leaders serve as inspiration uh, to women to come into this industry. It's a great industry. It's exciting. It's fun. You're always seeing cutting edge, leading edge um, and working with leading edge technologies. So there's no reason why women shouldn't step up. So I just hope that, as I say, things will improve and rapidly because it's just a shame. It's a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity at every level for the women themselves, for young girls to be trained to to rise to that occasion and for companies to not have the benefit of, of the brain power, of the passion, right, of the commitment. I'm going to say too much here. Sandra, talk to us. What do you think? Yeah, uh, of course, it's also a very passionate theme for me because uh, I'm uh, on this for years now and I'm mm -hmm. really, I'm always thinking, why is it like that? It's it's something for me that it's starting down in school that there is a wrong picture of IT. It's always like, no, I'm not um, at the computer down under the table and <laughs> doing something hardware. That's That's the picture of IT. 
And um, so what I do to make it better is I'm everywhere to tell the story that IT could be something else. And I try to show what an SAP consultant is, what what a uh, programmer is, what what programming today is, what a nice surrounding. I do it at schools, I do it at universities, and I do it with uh, my young girls in my company. I have a mentoring um, a session to help them to get strong in this industry. But there are not so many because it starts in the right beginning, there are not a lot of girls that are interested because they have a wrong picture. And I don't know what we all can do about getting the picture right because it's not that technical part. It's a lot of communication. It's a lot of other stuff that is really a good skill for a woman to gain. And I always say it's a good place to work part-time and whatever. It's a really good place to be. But it's really not enough women there. It's a good place for people. Yeah. If the day could only come when we would say we have good people and not have to worry about the inequality at any level, right? Diversity and inclusion, when we could just yeah. say we have a beautifully diversified workplace with inclusion of everybody. Wouldn't that yeah. be a beautiful, I'm, I'm going to cry actually, yeah. wouldn't that be the goal where we didn't have to talk about the different types of inequality, right? Right, Kathy? Right, Sandra? Absolutely. Right, Janina? That, that would be, wow, we're doing a public service message here. I love this. We have time for a couple more topics here. Uh, Kathy Dom, I'm looking at statement number four. This is interesting and I know the panel will enjoy talking about this. Kathy says, digital transformation and automation can facilitate other benefits, for example, reducing our carbon footprint and looking to more sustainable practices. I know at least one other panelist is passionate about this. Kathy, why don't you lead this one off and then we'll see what the other panelists have to say. Go ahead. So um, this is one of the things that I love about IT because I really think it can make a difference in the fight we're all facing against global warming. Um, there was a study from Accenture for the Globally Security Initiative, and they projected that by 2030, IT can enable a 20% reduction in CO2 emissions. And they looked at things like IT enabling um, crop yields or um, improving how we manage our water reserves or even our oil reserves. And you know, these are great things that if we think we can contribute significantly to the the global climate change um, uh, battle, which, you know, I think probably this year has taken too much of a backseat, um, given the pandemic that we've all been through, but has to come to the fore. And IT companies themselves can do an awful lot as well to contribute to sustainability. Um, They can use green electricity for data centers. They can invest in high-tech, eco-friendly buildings. They can provide virtual collaboration tools, just like we're using today, to minimize flights and travel. They can recycle their e-waste. There's so much that we as an IT industry can do. And um, I'm passionate to see that companies can use IT to, to really try and forge ahead in this, um, this key challenge that we're all facing. Thank you very much, Kathy. There's, there's hope and there's sadness in what you're saying. I can, I can hear that. I can hear the emotion. There's hope and there's we really need to hope. Sandra Fola, talk to us. What do you think? Agree or disagree? There's not a lot to add to Kathy because she collected all the things that we have. But uh, 
I think COVID did something positive about it because we're not traveling anymore. So <laughs> there's a lot of digital communication and there's not that much need for traveling. So that's a big footprint um, that's uh, good for the environment in a, in a way. And um, I'm, I'm curious about how or, or if that will come back, this all business traveling things and uh, meeting things, or if it will stay like this, like we have it now, we experience now. And um, I, I would be really glad if we could do something different for our next generation and if we could help uh, on this. And um, yeah, we are in quite wealthy countries, so we should be the fro front runner for these themes. But um, I'm not sure if we do there the best job we can do. Hope, optimism, let's go with that. Janina Luoto, we'd love to have your thoughts. Join me, please. What do you think? Yeah, I similarly totally agree. But I actually also think that it's also vice versa. So by paying attention to sustainable practices and aspects uh, of one's business, business executives can also make their companies to flourish and transform them to future-proof companies. So it's not only uh, when you look at from the tech side, but actually if you concentrate on the sustainability side, you can do good for your business. Uh, this is my favorite topic, but I still feel that many industries kind of have been so, so slow in taking actions on this and, and they also miss out a huge potential that sustainability as aspects could bring to their businesses. Uh, it's also really a question of what we want to leave behind for the future generations. And, and I think the majority of business leaders actually already are investing in cutting edge technologies to drive the business growth and maintain their competitive edge. But to my view, they're missing out the, on the opportunity to leverage these same, very same technologies, for example, this enterprise resource planning softwares to improve their environmental performance. And, and this is, I think, uh, really um, a missed out opportunity. Uh, sustainable development driven by cutting edge technologies give people really the power to take the action on all aspects of sustainability, economical, social, environmental. So, so that's uh, what I truly believe. Thank you, Janina. Kathy, great topic. Thank you for that. I think we can squeeze in one more. I'm Something I mentioned in my opening, I don't think we've really touched on it. I'm looking at statement number three from Sandra Fowler. And here's the statement. When it comes to competitive advantages, speed in adoption is the new big thing today. I'm just going to stop there and let you take it. Sandra, please take us through this. And I think we have time for both Kathy and Janina to respond. Go ahead, Sandra. Okay, I think it's not only to be the big bohemian, it's about to be speed and fast in the market. And I see the, the, the possibilities that we have now together with a cloud ERP, uh, that you have all those standards and those processes that one can use and leverage from, from really high-end systems in a small company. And if you can take this and put your advantage on, a, on an individual solution, like we got it on our cloud platforms, we are really in a, in a speed of adoption that can bring us to a next level. And that's what most excitement is about of, new, of, of this digital transformation of the new generation of ERPs. It's not about discussing standard processes. They are there. We did it now for 30 years. We don't have to discuss it. We know how it goes, but we need to get the differentiator on the market to the customer. And that is what I feel really inspired about. Thank you, Sandra. Let's go around the table. Kathy, go ahead. 
dangerous to get left behind, isn't it, in today's world? Um, look at the disruption we've seen to industries like, you know, commerce. I mean, the high street is dead. All the online commerce players are now up and coming. Look at, you know, Netflix online viewing. Look at internet banking. These companies that have embraced technology have literally disrupted and reinvented their industries. And if other companies don't follow suit quickly, they will be left behind. So I believe this is about survival. So speed, yes, obviously doing it well at the same time, but speed is of the essence, absolutely. Thank you. Janina, what do you think? Well, I, this, this is, uh, I, I've loved your comments on this. Uh, I can only agree this is kind of evolutionary survival game for enterprises, I would say. Uh, simultaneously, there is a constant threat that every company and industry will be disrupted uh, at any time, practically. And and if the cycle of disruption also, I think it's it's also has become shorter. So so the, so the disruption is is ongoing, and and this is really much relating to the to the speed actually. And uh, and like we've seen on these examples that Kathy and Sandra gave, it's it's also today harder to keep keep the first mover positions uh, since there are lots of agile companies and startups that learn from 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 others and 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 these early uh, disruptors and start to compete with them head to head and uh, also if the market potential is huge these competing disruptors often are able to actually raise rather big sums of capital to come to the market fast and with power. So, so um, I think this whole digitalization is a norm today. The question is just which companies are able to jump on the wave and, and how they can actually accelerate. Thank you. Great conversation. I want to touch on one more topic. We've got about six minutes left, but I think this is too important to miss. And then we'll do a quick round of crystal ball predictions. I know you're all ready for that. Janina, I'm looking at your statement number one. We didn't do it before, but I think I want to have you just touch on this briefly. You say every company will be a software company in the future. There is an ongoing transformation from products to connected products and services, as well as to new types of platforms that shape and disrupt all companies, young and traditional in all industries. I'm going to stop there. Janina, why don't you take about 90 seconds for that? I know you have a lot to say, but then we'll get a really quick response from the others. Go ahead, Janina. I would even say that every company is now a software company or they will die. So that's, that's I think, a strong statement here. But this really uh, actually is, is applying to, to most of the companies today. Computing is embedded in our world in many ways and, and we are really connected. So, so the question is just whether the change is going to be at adequate speed and, and, and how the companies are able to create the competitive advantage. And I really believe that it comes from the software-driven new business models and 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 uh, this is how actually we can keep up to space and and one example is that tesla which uh, supposedly have more lines of code uh, today than my and then the mac os that i use in this mm-hmm. podcast i think it's a good good uh, way to see how actually in every sector in all industries the the software is there the heart that is bumping and and, and pushing forward the new inno- innovations and and uh, business models Thank you very much. Just briefly, Kathy, thoughts on what Janina just shared? Yes, I agree. I mean, the CEOs of today have to have their IT strategy at the kernel, at the core 
of their overall company strategy, if they don't have that, it's very, very difficult to compete. It's very, very, and they will be disrupted. They will be disrupted. So I, I totally agree. Thank you very much. Sandra, quickly, thoughts? Yeah, as I, I was a 20 years BMW customer and for four, four years now Tesla driver. Um, I My heart deeply, deeply bleeds if I see how BMW is struggling to put software and car together because they do beautiful cars, but they can't do it in the way you should do it today. And these are disciplines. They, If you're born in another industry, it's hard to adapt this new industry. It's, it's the same with, with the, I said before, it's, it's, oh, those are the babies. We are doing the hard stuff, the engines, huh? And those are the babies with the electronic part. And, and that's, I think, one of the major struggles all those older firms will have, companies, to get this adopted, that it is a really a part of it. It's a really a part of the product or services of the future to have software knowledge at the same level as the old product was market leader. Thank you very much. Guess what? It's time for crystal ball predictions. We have just barely 60 seconds each. Kathy is smiling. I think she's got a crystal ball prediction she can't wait to share with us. I'm going to give you each a tight 60 seconds. That means if you come in a little bit less, that would be okay. Kathy, Dom, what do you see coming up the pike, down the road, up the down the road, up the pike, whatever direction you're going for a digital transformation, anything we've talked about today? Kathy, Dom, go. I'm going to cheat a bit. I'm going to take a prediction from IDC's 2021 Futurescapes report on digital transformation. And they say that by 2022, which is only one year away, 70%, 70% of all organizations will have accelerated use, accelerated use of digital technologies. Wow. I like the wow. I like the prediction with the wow. I don't think I've ever had one like that, Kathy. Sandra Fola, what do you think? Prediction. Um, I think that in in five years, no one will ask me anymore. Is it possible to have ERP for cloud cloud in, in the ERP in the cloud? Because I always say, why not? It's CRM in the cloud. It's analytics in the cloud. Why not ERP? It will be normal. It will be normal case to have ERP in the cloud. There will be no discussion anymore. Very interesting, Janina Luoso. So true. Go ahead. What's your prediction, Janina? I'm going with seconds. the sports <laughs> this <Okay>. time. <laughs> so I'm sure that in next 10 years, a Finnish female basketball player will enter the courts of women NBA. First time ever. This was my childhood dream. And, and as we are born this way, we just have to believe in it. Is it going to be you or somebody you no, know? No, 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 no. Maybe my sh- kids or someone else. <laughs> I was thinking we were talking to a sports superstar here. <laughs> Thank you for that. I, I love that because that goes with what we've been talking about, right? Getting more women into tech. And, and look, sports is very tech today. Look at look at a lot of the competitive sports. Look at sailing. Look at, at the ball-based sports. Okay, that's a whole other show. Maybe we need to bring you all back and do a show about next generation partnering for sports and technology. I would love that. I can't thank the three of you enough. I've so enjoyed getting to know you, working with you, having you on the show. Let's do a couple of shout outs here because we're just about done. I want you to both put your hands together for David McAtamney and Dennis McHugh and Sarah Dolan, sponsors of the show. Come on, let's put your hands together. Everybody clap and let's put our hands together for, I think Ryan Treasure at Voice America was our engineer, but it could have been Matt. It could have been Aaron. 
And so thank you to Voice America for our engineer, whoever it is. And thank you to Kathy Dumb, Sandra Fowler, and Janina Luoto. And here's my closing call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. Speaking of seatbelts, whoever was talking about cars, that was you, Sandra. What are you waiting for? My car is getting two and a half months to the gallon. How's yours doing? Go out and be a game changer today, just like my three extraordinary panelists. Kathy Dom, again, thank you. Sandra Fowler, again, thank you. And Janina Loto. Bonnie DeGram signing off. Have a great one. Be safe, be smart, be savvy, and keep saying bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Next Generation Partnering, presented by SAP, the best-run SAP. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.